Ah. So we've come to the fourth Sunday of Advent, and on the fourth Sunday of Advent especially, it, it, we, we, should, we should have this excitement, this anticipation, this expectation for the coming of the Lord. Advent does that for us. It's supposed to help to build that in us. And on this, in this Mass, in the readings and the prayers that we're hearing and praying and the music we're singing, it does that for us. It, it kind of helps to build that excitement. It's just in seven days that we'll celebrate Christmas. Now, I think... I don't think any of us here, maybe the youngest among us, but I'm pretty sure that none of us here are going to be surprised on Saturday. We're not going to wake up and say, oh, does everybody know this? Jesus was born. I mean, we know that, that that has happened, and we celebrate it every day, especially in the Mass and in our prayers, and we're waiting for him to come again at the end of time. But nonetheless, we're called to be like little children, to have that excitement day after day, and especially year after year, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas. And today we have no less a person than the Mother of God to teach us how to receive him, how to wait for him, how to hope for him, how to be joyful in God's presence. But before we get there, I think it's good for us to put ourselves in the shoes or sandals of our ancestors before Jesus, for our ancestors who lived for centuries and centuries and centuries before Jesus came to earth. It's impossible, it's almost impossible, but let's try it anyway. Just imagine, just 700 years before Jesus. They didn't know it was going to be even 700 years before the Lord would come, but that's the time of Micah the prophet. And here he says, hold on, my people. Look to the skies and pray and wait. Your Lord is coming. And the people of his day and Isaiah's day and Jeremiah's day and Ezekiel's day and even in the Maccabee, Maccabean day, a hundred years before the coming of the Lord, they waited and hoped and longed for the coming of the Lord. And we have some of their prayers in the Bible. We know that they said, Lord, visit this vine that you have planted. Come down and tend the garden that you have made. Shepherd your sheep. Come, O Lord. They didn't just say that because they were told to or because it was a liturgical refrain, but they did that because out of the depths of their heart, they wanted the Lord to come. There was so much darkness and hopelessness and sadness around them. They didn't have access to God as we do in the Holy Spirit. They could hear echoes of God's voice through Moses and Abraham and the prophets, but they couldn't, they, they didn't feel they had the ability, and they really didn't, just to get on their knees and pray to God. They didn't have that connection as we do in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. So they ached and longed for the coming of the Lord. And this went on for centuries and centuries and centuries. It is not tough to imagine that some of our ancestors, maybe many of them, gave up. And they said, he's not coming. We're not going to get a savior. Maybe the prophets are just speaking, you know, metaphorically or something like that. Why are we praying anymore? But nonetheless, they were called by more prophets, more holy people. Just keep going. Keep praying. Soon, your Savior will come. And now we come to the moment when the angel Gabriel comes to visit Mary and tells her, basically, that it's time. Now is the time. That time that everyone has been waiting for. A time of recreation. A time of newness. A time of glory and grace. The Lord God is coming to earth, and you, my child, you will be his mother. Will you do that? Will you cooperate with God's will? And I imagine that Gabriel and all of heaven held their breath, waiting for Mary's answer. 
Let it be, she said. And so Jesus was incarnated in her womb. The time was fulfilled. All those ancient prophecies had come about at last in Mary. What is Mary's first reaction or her first action we hear in the Bible? To go, to flee. Now, I think we say that, I think it's true. She, had, she wanted to serve. She wanted to help her cousin Elizabeth. That's true. But the human side of, of me, or I think, or maybe cynical, thinks Mary had to tell somebody. She couldn't tell anyone, so she thought, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go and talk to the only person who may have any understanding of what's happening. And so she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth in great joy, I'm sure. And again, imagine this holy and awesome scene. Even as Mary's getting closer to Elizabeth's house, this Mary, I'm sure her heart was just beating. She couldn't wait to see her cousin and talk to her about all of this that was happening. And we know that Elizabeth, too, was overwhelmed because she said, as soon as I heard you call my name, Mary, I knew that, the, that the something holy was happening. The infant leapt in my womb for joy. And there, imagine that embrace. Imagine how these two women laughed and embraced and wept. They were the only people on earth who knew what was going on. Can you imagine? Just for days they must have said, oh, Mary, the Bible says that a virgin shall be with child. Is that you? Elizabeth, it says that, that, that there, a precursor would come before him. Is that your baby? And they made all these connections and they delighted in God's plan. And we hear at, at, during the, the visitation that they were both filled with the Holy Spirit, just crying out things like Elizabeth said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then we don't hear this in this gospel, but right after Mary just proclaims her, her song of joy. My soul magnifies the Lord. My whole being exalts in God my Savior. This is what it means to wait for the Lord and to delight in his presence when he comes. These holy women teach us how to do that. They inspire us and motivate us to do that even now. We know what's going to happen at Christmas. We're going to celebrate what happened 2,000 years ago, and we're waiting for him to come again. But we still have to build that excitement, that hope, that longing for the coming of the Lord in this moment and in every moment until he does indeed come at the end of time. We are so privileged not just to wait till the end of time or remember the beginning of his coming, but we're privileged now to continue this Mass. He is coming to us, not symbolically, just in a piece of bread that we pretend is Jesus or the cup that we pretend is his blood. He's coming to us literally, body, blood, soul, and divinity, just as he came to Mary and Elizabeth in that awesome visitation. He will be here on this altar, on the palm of your hand or the tip of your tongue. We should be excited about this. We should, be, and we should anticipate this moment with great joy. And then afterwards, I pray that all of us may go out and tell the world the good news. Should do what Mary and Elizabeth did to proclaim God's goodness. Let this be a good and graceful Christmas grace-filled Christmas for all of us, and it will if we anticipate and long for the coming of the Lord, and having received him again in this Mass, every moment, and at Christmas, we will share it with our brothers and sisters. Imagine, God is with us. Not just that he was with us, or that he will be with us, but Emmanuel, our God, the long-awaited Messiah, is with us.